Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. These programs are based on the ministry of Witness Lee and his 21-year crowning work, The Life Study of the Bible, which focuses on the enjoyment of Christ as the divine life as revealed in the Bible. We hope that through these studies you'll be brought into a deeper enjoyment of the Scriptures and of our dear and precious Lord Jesus. You can contact us by sending email to radio at lsm.org or reach us toll-free, 888-LIFE-STUDY. Now, let's join today's program. The Gospel of John surely is loved by nearly every believer. It presents Christ as life, and even the mystery of life. Yet for its marvelous revelation of Christ as both God and man, and as our life, it still cannot compare with the high peak of the Christ that's revealed in the book of Colossians. Francis Ball has joined us again today as we consider not just this high revelation of Christ, but how seeing it can help us all to be brought into the practical experience of such a Christ. Francis, welcome back to the program. Thank you very much. And these programs on this marvelous short book are so refreshing. Francis, we've uh, made the point again and again that the expressions used in this book of Colossians, even though it is a short book, they are unique in the whole Bible. But Paul wasn't trying just to be different. He was really endeavoring to present to us a Christ that is higher and deeper and richer than we've ever imagined. I think this has been the overwhelming point thus far of the life study of Colossians. That said, Francis, let me read a few verses from the first chapter, and I think we'll see this illustrated very dramatically. And then I'd like your comments on uh, these verses and some of these expressions. Okay, I'm in chapter 1, beginning at verse 15. I'm going to read through verse 19. These are all short verses. Christ, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, because in him all things were created, in the heavens and on the earth, the visible and the invisible, whether thrones or lordships or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and unto him. And he is before all things, and all things cohere in him. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that he himself might have the first place in all things. For in him all the fullness was pleased to dwell." This is some Christ revealed in this book, isn't it? Marvelous. It certainly brings out the point that you mentioned, that Colossians brings us to a a higher, more all-inclusive Christ. Wow. So if we could get into this book, my, what a high Christ we have. He's the image of the invisible God, and he's the firstborn of all creation. All those things that you read in those verses are so high of Christ not only in its objective reality, but I think we'll see some things about how this all becomes real to us in our experience. Yeah, I just read a few verses in chapter 1 that had, I don't know, four or five expressions there that uh, certainly fit this kind of description. I can't recall what message it was, but I remember listening to one portion where Witness Lee, sort of off the cuff, just began a review of the high points of Christ in Colossians, and he listed probably 20 or 25 such expressions in the whole book. It's really striking that Paul was consumed with a vision and really desirous of bringing all of God's people into the same view, wasn't he? That was his whole purpose. You get the sense in this book particularly that his whole revelation that he got 
was so that he could impart it into others and get them to see such a high Christ, much more than what we've uh, learned of just by reading the Gospels. Hmm. Francis, why don't we join Witness Lee uh, for another tremendous life study message today? Colossians is one of the short books in the Bible. The Bible is just like Mount Zion. The highest peak in the Bible is Colossians. This book doesn't say that Christ as the Word was God. But it says what? It says who is the image of the invisible God. Could you realize the uh, expression, the utterance is all together. Too, too marvelous. This is not a simple word. Paul says, the firstborn of all creation, you go to the next verse, verse 16, because in him were all things created in the heavens and ours, the visible and the invisible, where the thrones, our lordships, our rulers, our authorities, all things have been created through him and unto him. Have you ever heard such a word? That the very Christ whom we have received as our Savior and as our life is the image of the invisible God. And this image of the invisible God is the firstborn of all creation. Something too, too beyond our mentality. No other book, revolutionized, can compare with this book. Paul, in giving such a complicated word to us, he never used a single sentence in a simple way. This is the reason, I would say, very, very few Christians have ever got into this book. But I believe, now, at the end of this age, the Lord has to do something, and He has done it already. That is, to open up this book to us, for His purpose. Well, Francis, this uh, segment surely gave us another graphic illustration of Witness Lee's contention that the highest revelation of Christ is in this book of Colossians. It's remarkable to realize that the same Christ that we've received into us as our Savior is both the image of the invisible God as well as the firstborn of creation. He is really all-inclusive, isn't he? My, he is all-inclusive. When you hear these terms related to Christ, how high above the terms that we heard even in the Gospel of John, which is very deep and very high, bringing life to us. But here we get to know Christ, not only who he is, but in many aspects we learn what he is. Yeah. He is so much we couldn't even imagine by our imagination or just our learning the Bible stories what a high, marvelous, experiential Christ he is. To know him in such a way is uh, really the goal of this book, to bring us into more knowledge, even objectively, of this marvelous Christ. 
So I hope that uh, as we go on in this, we're going to see how we can actually know this Christ in a deeper way than we realized. I want to come back to a point that he made right at the end of his speaking, Francis. This struck me listening to it this time. Most Christians believe that we well may be in the uh, end times, as people would say, at the end of the age. And we're expecting, anticipating, looking forward to the Lord's return. He made the point here that if this really is the end of the age and the Lord is desiring to come back soon, he must open up this kind of hidden revelation of Christ that has existed all through the ages. If this is that time, surely this view must come into a more clear focus. Well, it must be that time, because we are seeing something here that I don't believe has been realized by very many, if any, Christians before us. Because it's in the Bible. As that old song says, it's in the book. (laughs) But the uh, fact is that it was evasive to us. We never saw it in such a deep revelation to see all that Christ is in his all-inclusiveness to be everything to God and to man. He's the very image of the invisible God. That's not easy to grasp. And he's the firstborn of all creation. Neither is that easy to grasp. All these terms that are used to unfold not only who he is but what he is are so impressive and so high. They're not beyond us if we see it, but if we don't see it, all these terms are just terms, and they're beyond us. Hmm. Francis, there are a lot of preachers around today, and we praise the Lord for all of the work that is done in the Lord's name and those that are able to lead some to Christ and bring the gospel message forward in a such a good and dynamic and powerful way. But I think we'll see in this coming section the real need, or at least a real need in the body of Christ today is those that can minister the kind of Christ we're seeing unveiled in Colossians and bring believers, bring us into an experience that matches this kind of view. It's marvelous that this could be unfolded to us in the measure that it is. And I believe this is the highest that has been to see all these things unfolded through the ministry of the Apostle Paul. Yeah. You know, some years ago, I know of a particular big conference that was held, I think in a stadium here in Anaheim, and they had a banner up over the conference, We follow Jesus, not Paul. Hmm. Well, they really missed it because Jesus was in Paul, and he was revealed to him in such a deep and uh, all-inclusive way that hadn't been seen by very many people in the history of Christianity. So we do have something opened up to us that indicates that this is the last days. The Lord wants to reveal himself in a deeper, more real and experiential way than we have known before. Hmm. And Francis, in this coming section, he's going to bring us to a fresh realization where Paul brought the Colossians in chapter 2. Let me point out just one verse we'll use to uh, make this point. Verse 2 in chapter 2 says, "...that their hearts may be comforted." they being knit together in love and unto all the riches of the full assurance of understanding, unto the full knowledge of the mystery of God, Christ. This is the one, isn't it? Amen. Here's Witness Lee again. How much is the need of a subjective ministry to minister such objective and top Christ into you? To make him something in you, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Not only so, and also I am laboring, struggling to present you, to present you to him 
in full maturity in him. To minister Christ into you is hard to present you. Fully grown in him, to him, is harder. What is the real experience of Christ in us? And what is the real experience of Christ by us being presented to him in full age or in full growth stage in chapter 2? Here is the real experience. Not only the subjective ministry, but the practical experience of the objective Christ being ministered into us subjectively. The first thing is here, the objective revelation. And the second thing is here, the subjective what? Ministry. And the third thing is here, this is the practical experience. In the practical experience, which is fully developed in chapter 2. Chapter 2 is a full development of the practical experience of such a Christ. Francis, I think we can perceive the deep burden that was presented here. That the great need today is to move beyond the Christ of popular religion and into the genuine experience of the Christ of Colossians. He touched a very basic principle in this section that I'd like to uh, have you develop for us, and that is that genuine and practical experience of the subjective Christ begins with a revelation of the objective Christ in the Bible. Yes. Isn't that marvelous? The way Paul brings this to our attention is uh, the first few verses show us the objective knowledge of Christ. All those things that can be considered objectively real because we see them in the Bible. Mm -hmm. But it's not easy to help the saints to get into the real experiences of this Christ. So his burden and his uh, cry out is that we may know Christ in a real way, experientially and subjectively or I should say subjectively and experientially, because when he ministers the word, we see Christ, but we don't see him that practical. At first, we don't see how it's unfolded that way. But as he gets into these titles and these definitions of who Christ is in all his mysterious terms that become so enlightening to us, we see that this Christ is way beyond what we realize, and he gets ministered into us by the ministry of the Apostle Paul. And even today, we're enjoying this same ministry through our brother Lee, because he has opened up these objective truths and ministered this objective Christ into us so that he becomes very subjective to us. So this is the key thing, I think, about the book of Colossians. These high terms just evade us if we don't have the ministry that really brings these terms into focus for us to know him and to experience him subjectively. Of course, the ministry is related to uh, stewardship, which we know uh, from previous programs and previous verses that we've seen before. That implies this dispensing of God in all his riches. And this is the ministry of the age. This is the ministry of the Apostle Paul and the, the ministry of the apostles in the New Testament era. And it's God's desire that this would be the portion and the ministry for all of God's people through all ages, isn't it? That's right, because that's just what Paul labored for and struggled for 
he was really somebody completing the Word of God, as he says. But that completing is the ministering of the Word of God into us. As you mentioned, by dispensing what he could speak, he was dispensing Christ into us so we could know him in this subjective way. Well, Francis, that was a good view of the kind of ministry that Paul was engaged in. And in this final section, we're going to see a little bit of what he was up against bringing the Colossian believers into the experience of this Christ that he was ministering not just to them, but into them. Yes. And I think that we will perhaps get a mirror here to see some of the things that frustrate us as well as the Colossians. Let's go back to Witness Lee. Chapter 1, the first portion, that is objective revelation. The second portion of chapter 1, the subject ministry. We need this. In God's economy, you don't have the objective revelation of Christ, and then you also have the subjective ministry of the Christ. Then you need what? You need the practical, the practical experience. When you come to the practical experience of Christ, you have a lot of things opposing Christ. Not just one thing. Let me tell you. First Corinthians is a book dealing with the frustrations that hinder us to experience Christ. In that book, First Corinthians, what is their way there is not cultural. It's not the refined thing, but the Wrath, sin, fornication. Then in Galatians, another book, dealing with the things that frustrate us from experiencing Christ. What it is? Just the law. Judaism, the law. The law became a strong frustration to us. Nothing is so high so deep, so hidden, like this item. What item? Culture. Every one of us hates fornication. Every one of us condemns division. Nearly most of the Christians do know today we don't need the law. The law is over. But how many among us do hate culture? If culture has never been rooted from our life, Christ could never be experienced as what is revealed in this book. When you come to the practical experience, you have to realize the last enemy, the final frustration that hinders you from experiencing Christ is your Well, Francis, once again, we've been brought to see that the greatest frustration to our experiencing the Christ of Colossians is not the rough sin that was exposed in Corinthians or even the religious things, the law that came out in Galatians, but it's the very culture that dominates every human being. You know, I have to confess, in my youth, uh, I got involved with the hippie movement, as many did, and we had this kind of illusion that we were shedding off all culture and throwing off all of the old culture. But really, we just replaced it with another, perhaps uh, even worse culture. So this is a hard thing to be made aware of and a harder thing even to be delivered from, isn't it? Really seems to be the case because a uh, 
the different things that frustrate us from in experiencing Christ and enjoying Christ is uh, brought out here in Colossians in a very vivid way. We know from our own experience that the philosophy and the other things that come very close to being the truth are really a big frustration. Mm-hmm. But the things that causes trouble among the believers and also brings us into a shortage in our experience of Christ is our culture. And the cultures differ according to different people, different races and different nationalities, different customs. And even like you uh, mentioned about your experience in the 60s, early 70s, uh, all these things become a culture that distracts us away from the experience of Christ. So we really need to be freed from this kind of culture that substitutes, in our experience, Christ himself. Hmm. Actually, for us Christians, we who really want to live Christ, Christ is our culture. We don't do things according to our habit, according to our Christian way, even according to our religious way. We do things according to Christ, as he's revealed in the Word. And it's yet not just obeying the Bible in an objective way. The Word that's been ministered into us makes Christ so dear, so precious, so real, so inclusive that we can apply him in every way, so that actually to live Christ is a proper statement that's been used in this ministry many times. We're not here to keep our culture and to try to include Christ in it but we're here to hate our culture and to take Christ as our culture. Boy, I really appreciate that you brought out this matter. It's one thing to look at my past experience and say, well, surely uh, all those hippie things became a kind of culture and a false culture. We can have a Christian culture. We can have a church culture. We can sort of have a Bible culture that isn't living Christ either. That's right. So the danger is that we would just be occupied with something other than this subjective Christ who's been ministered into us for our experience. Oh, Francis, uh, we touch this book now. We're touching Paul's burden in his heart, and you can't help but be drawn into it and, ex- and have some of the same uh, feeling of laboring that the Apostle Paul must have had. I certainly thank the Lord for the Apostle Paul and for the ministry that he passed on and that we experience today. Actually, it's the ministry that's in the Bible, and we're partakers of this ministry by all of our desire to live Christ. And I thank the Lord that Paul could be such a one to struggle, to strive, to labor, to uh, do all these things in order to bring this reality to us. Well, Francis, I want to follow the Christ that was in Paul and all the apostles and that is still operating today in his ministry on this earth. I do, too. Thank you for your help today. We're out of time. Uh, We've got time, though, to give you our toll-free number and invite you to contact us about your experience of the Christ that we're seeing in Colossians. We have some printed material that would be a tremendous asset to you if uh, something is happening in your being day-to-day as you're listening to these programs and seeing the Christ that's being opened up to us. Probably the number one resource we would recommend is the printed life study volumes of Colossians. There are three volumes in this set, about 65 messages in total in their printed form. We have these uh, three volumes for you. Of course, the recovery version with the footnotes is a tremendous asset, and uh, many of these main points are summarized and encapsulated in the footnotes as well. For all of these resources, contact us, and our toll-free number is 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. And not only can you reach us by our toll-free number, our mailing address, Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814, or you can send email to radio at lsm.org. 
For Francis Ball and Chris Wilde, thank you very much for listening. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, produced by Living Stream Ministry. We have these recorded studies on every book of the Bible, available to you online, free of charge. Just visit our website, lsmradio.com. You can download the MP3 files, stream them live, or add them to your podcast subscriptions, all at no charge. Once more, the website, lsmradio.com. To contact us, send email to radio at lsm.org or call us at one triple eight life study that's 888-543-3788 thanks for listening today